Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, October 19th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. I am flying solo today, as we told you previously, because last night James went and saw the new second stage off-Broadway revival of Harvey Firestein's Torch Song. I don't want to spoil uh, the surprise or steal James's thunder, because I'm sure he'll talk about it tomorrow when he's back on this show, and then on Sunday, on this week on Broadway. But James's text to me after the show was over included some four-letter expletives in the vein of, holy bleep, this is really good. So if you can get tickets to see the show, try to do it now. Although, maybe it'll have life afterwards. Maybe it'll move to a another smaller theater run by second stage. That's just conjecture on James's part, but we'll see. Anyway, on to the news. Yesterday, Fox announced a pair of stage and screen stars to be joining their upcoming live broadcast of the musical version of A Christmas Story. They announced first that Tony Award winner and television screen comedic goddess Jane Krakowski had joined the production to play Mrs. Shields, Ralphie's teacher, and that recent Waitress star and Emmy Award nominee Chris Diamantopoulos will be playing Ralphie's dad. They joined the previously announced Maya Rudolph, Matthew Broderick, and Andy Walken, who'll be playing Ralphie. A Christmas Story Live will be broadcast on Fox on Sunday, December 17th at 7 p.m. In other holiday musical-ish news, yesterday the Paper Mill Playhouse announced a trio of stars that'll be joining the upcoming production of Annie that'll be taking place during the holidays out in Milburn, New Jersey. The stars will be the Tony-winning Beth Level as Miss Hannigan, Tony nominee Christopher Sieber as Daddy Warbucks, and Aaron Mackey as Grace Farrell. They will be joined by Cooper Grodin as Rooster Hannigan, Kim Sava as Lily St. Regis, and Broadway's Kevin Parisot as Franklin Delano Roosevelt. The production of Annie will take place at the Paper Mill Playhouse beginning on Wednesday, November 22nd, with a limited run through Sunday, December 31st. That leads me to the question, is Annie a holiday musical? They have the whole Christmas thing, a new deal for Christmas and everything, but do you consider that a holiday musical? It gets done around this time of year a lot, but I don't know that I would consider it specifically a Christmas show. What do you think? Let us know on Twitter, at Broadway Radio. Yesterday, producers for the upcoming off-Broadway musical Wicked Clone or How to Deal with the Evil announced that on opening night, they would be giving... Oh boy away the purest bottled blood imported from Transylvania by the father of the two stars, Vald the Impaler? I think that's a typo in their press release. It's supposed to be Vlad the Impaler, who has come to New York City for the first time to see his daughters perform on stage at St. Luke's Theater. The daughters in question are the Grammy Award-winning composers Mihaela and Gabriela Modorcia, I guess they're known as the Indigo Twins. I don't I don't know, but anytime they say they're giving away pure bottled blood on opening night, I think you have to pay attention. Brings back memories of Billy Bob Thornton and uh, Angelina Jolie. But anyway, uh, Wicked Clone or How to Deal with the Evil plays every Sunday at 7.30 p.m. over at St. Luke's. Go see it at your own risk. I would uh, be a little concerned for my safety if I went and saw that. Perhaps instead of giving away blood at their opening night, they could have done something more akin to what Bruce Springsteen did, in which Broadway Cares was given exclusive access to 200 front row 
orchestra and mezzanine tickets to Bruce Springsteen's opening night performance on Broadway on October 12th, just last week. If you remember in the grosses earlier this week, we talked about what a big hit that Bruce Springsteen's grosses took, and now apparently we kind of know why, because those tickets raised more than $1 million for Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. In fact, it was $1,030,000. The one-time fundraiser augmented the $575,000 in emergency grants that were made this fall to organizations providing immediate assistance after the devastating natural disasters that have ravaged communities in Florida, Texas, and Puerto Rico. It's been interesting over the last few years as we've seen some big-time stars come to Broadway, whether it's been Bruce Springsteen or Josh Groban or Sarah Bareilles, and one of the first things that they do to acclimate themselves and endear themselves to the Broadway community is to get involved with the different charitable organizations that Broadway often supports, and to see Bruce diving into that full bore because you know he had to be a part of this decision-making process is really cool, and it's really nice to see that they are embracing what Broadway stands for and getting involved with the organizations that Broadway often supports. So congratulations to Mr. Springsteen, to BCEFA, and uh, hopefully this money goes to great use in whichever way they decide to apply it. Speaking of other great causes, yesterday the MCC Theater announced that at this coming year's Miscast Gala, the annual event where people perform numbers from roles that they would never be cast in. The theater will be honoring Tony winner and three-time Emmy winner and MCC alum Lori Metcalf. Miscast 2018 is set for Monday, March 26th, and you know we'll be sharing videos of that. It's funny, though, backstage writer, who's also one of the cabaret editors for Broadway World, Casey Mink, was a little offended by this. Because Lori Metcalf is so incredible, there is no way that she could ever possibly be miscast, no matter what role you put her in. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny, but it's very true. Not only will you be able to see Metcalf in the upcoming ABC reboot of the television show Roseanne, but she will also be back on Broadway later this season in Three Tall Women. All right, at this point, let's send it over to Daniela for this week's Theater Throwback. Hi everybody, this is Daniela Parcel, and I'm here with this week's Theater Throwback. Last week, I talked about the extremely short-lived Broadway musical, Dude. To hear all about that, you can head over to Today on Broadway for Thursday, October 12th. Today, we're going back to October 19th, 1995, the opening night of Hello, Dolly! at the Lundfontan Theater. This production marked the musical's fourth run on Broadway, and as many theater enthusiasts know, it also marked Carol Channing's third and final time appearing on Broadway in the starring role. Over the years, plenty of women have stepped into the role of Dolly Gallagher-Levi, Ethel Merman, Ginger Rogers, Pearl Bailey, and now Bette Midler. But Channing spent a good three decades revisiting and revamping the role, building herself a permanent link to Dolly. The journey began in the early 1960s when composer Jerry Herman set out to adapt Thornton Wilder's The Matchmaker into a musical. Herman had a star in mind, Ethel Merman, but she passed, as did Mary Martin. But around this same time, producer David Merrick attended Carol Channing's nightclub act in Minneapolis. After the show, he proposed the idea of a matchmaker musical to her, and by 1963, the role was Channing's. With Channing in the title role, 
the original Broadway production of Hello, Dolly! opened on January 16, 1964, and earned Channing, as well as the production itself, a Tony Award later that year. The musical ran until 1970 and was quickly revived in 1975. With an all-black cast, the 1975 production would be the only one that Channing did not appear in. By 1978, Hello, Dolly! and Carol Channing were back on Broadway. Then, a year later, the show opened on the West End, again, with Carol Channing as the star. Her final run as Dolly came in 1995, when, in the midst of a North American tour, the production settled in the Lundfontein Theatre for a four-month Broadway run. This was also the year when she was awarded a Lifetime Achievement Tony Award. Even in her third Broadway production as Dolly, Channing received fantastic reviews. Vincent Canby of the New York Times described it best, writing, It's possible this woman is a substance that should be legally controlled. In total, Channing has played over 5,000 performances as Dolly, and she hasn't missed a single one unless you count the half show she missed due to food poisoning while on tour. Bette Midler and Donna Murphy are now the first woman since Channing to bring Dolly Gallagher-Levi to the Broadway stage. Also this week in history, on October 15, 2009, Henry Miller's Theatre reopened with a revival of Bye Bye Birdie after a massive renovation in the early 2000s. I actually talked in depth about this theater a few weeks ago. You can head over to Today on Broadway for Thursday, September 14th to hear all about that. On October 16th, 1997, Sideshow opened at the Richard Rogers Theater, and on that same date in 2005, the Virginia Theater was officially renamed and relit as the August Wilson. On October 18th, 1990, the original production of Once on This Island opened on Broadway, and on October 19th, 1987, the Patti LuPone-led revival of Anything Goes opened at the Vivian Beaumont Theatre. That is all for this week. Thanks for listening. Again, I am Daniela Parcell. You can follow me on Twitter, at Daniela Parcell, and I'll be back next Thursday with another theatre throwback. All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt, and subscribe to Something Got Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. James and I will be back to close out the week, so we'll talk to you tomorrow.